man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Corn Pop was a bad dude. <laughs> Whoa. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Right, right and wrong. Welcome to Right and Wrong. This is the show where we try to wake up the woke by talking common sense about the issues of the day. I'm your host, Brian Ruka, and with me as always over there is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Producer Juice. It's usually about this point where I would ask Producer Juice what he wanted to say to the folks out there in the Right and Wrong audience, but I'm going to hold up on that for a sec because I did want to let you guys know we have an important announcement to make this week. It is now the month of April. And we are on the heels of Black History Month, Women's History Month, and just last week, the Trans Day of Visibility. So in keeping with that same spirit, we'd like to recognize the month of April going forward here as the month of male history. So we're going to highlight some men out there every week that we admire, we kind of look up to maybe, or just done something nice and strong and historic out there because... You know, they're a marginalized group, males in today's society. No one really likes to recognize them or honor them because they're not one of the victimhood classes. So we're just not going to sit back and let that happen to uh, the good old men out there. You know, being two men ourselves, we'd like to feel included here with uh, the society's recognition. And I know I'm already breaking the record. I'm up to two societies in a minute into the show. That's for you, Bass. With that being said, what what better way to highlight that than... uh, Hearing a little juice box message from the man who played Moses himself in the Ten Commandments, Mr. Charlton Heston. Truth box. What do you think? You got something to say to the folks out there in the right and wrong audience, my friend? Every time our country stands in the path of danger, an instinct seems to summon her finest first. Those who truly understand her. When freedom shivers in the cold shadow of true peril, it's always the patriots who first hear the call. When loss of liberty is looming as it is now, the siren sounds first in the hearts of freedom's vanguard. The smoke in the air of our Concord bridges and Pearl Harbors is always smelled first by the farmers who come from their simple homes to find the fire and fight. Because they know that sacred stuff resides in that wooden stock and blued steel. Something that gives the most common man the most uncommon of freedoms. When ordinary hands can possess such an extraordinary instrument, that symbolizes the full measure of human dignity and liberty. That's why those five words issue an irresistible call to us all, and we must. So as uh, we set out this year to defeat the divisive forces that would take freedom away, I want to say those fighting words for everyone within the sound of my voice to hear and to heed, and especially for you, Mr. Gore. (laughs) From my cold, dead hands. 
Yes, sir. Absolutely. Nice work with that one, Juice Box. One thing I love uh, the most about a guy like Heston is that he considered himself to be a Democrat and a liberal. Much like Ronald Reagan, Heston believed that the Democratic Party left him, not the other way around. He felt that way back in the 1980s, ladies and gentlemen. Now, imagine how he would have felt about uh, today's Democratic Party. This was a man who marched for civil rights, but at the same time hated the idea of affirmative action. A man who believed in civil, peaceful protesting, while also being a strong believer in the Second Amendment. Obviously, we just heard that. Well, Heston was a man that would stick out like a sore thumb in today's Hollywood. Charlton Heston was a man that today would tell the members of the Democratic Party to, quote, Get your damn dirty hands off me, you damned dirty pedophiles. So cheers to you, sir. And thank you for being the first man that we highlight here on the Right and Wrong Men's History Month. Nice work, my friend Juice. Nice work. Well, we have a lot to get to on today's show. And I already hear uh, our good friend, Mr. Ric Flair, getting ready over there. So let's just go right to him because it is... Showtime, baby! Woo! Showtime! Woo! Woo! Holy Week is upon us, and it'll be right before Easter by the time this episode drops. What a fascinating time of year it is for the religious folks out there. You get to hear some of the most famous Bible stories read to you in the lead-up to Easter, which can be fun and something to look forward to. But the Lenten season is also a sad and glum time of year. There's almost like a funeral vibe at church during Lent. The statues are all covered. Jesus is covered. It's just a different feeling in there as we build towards the glory of his resurrection. I'm one of those people that's always been fascinated by humanizing Jesus. It's easy to forget about his humanness when we ultimately know who he is. We're talking about the Messiah, the Son of God, our Savior, one of the three parts of the Holy Trinity so it's pretty easy to forget that he was also human. I can distinctly remember watching The Passion of the Christ in the theaters when that humanization of Jesus really clicked for me. It's the scene when Jesus goes to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. I had heard the story a million times before, but for some reason, that was the first time that I really thought deeper about what was going on in that moment. Jesus knows that he's on the verge of being arrested, beaten, and crucified. And he's scared. I think Jesus must have felt an overwhelming wave of emotions that we are all too familiar with. He was feeling anxious, stressed, nervous, and helpless. So he brought his most trusted allies with him and he went to do the only thing he knew how to do in a moment like that. He went to pray. And according to the Gospel of Matthew, he dropped to his knees and said, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. In those words right there, they're the words that both humanize him and also solidifies why he is who he says he is. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. What's more human than that? He's more or less saying, God, there must be another way about to go about this. I know that this is what I've been preparing for my whole life, but now that it's here, I'm scared. Let this cup pass from me. He's asking if this burden, this sacrifice can be taken off of his plate. It's no wonder why he gets frustrated and annoyed with his friends when he finds them asleep after he's asked them to keep some watch. 
This man is about to willingly sacrifice his life in the most vicious and brutal way possible, and these guys can't even sacrifice an hour of sleep to help him out. How about Jesus starting off his prayer by trying to negotiate with God? If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. How many of us try and negotiate when we pray to God? It's one of the oldest human tricks in the book. God, please help me win the lottery tonight. God, can you find it in you to help my favorite team win the championship? God, my family member is sick and dying. If you help heal them, I promise I'll be faithful and dedicated to you. We go to God when we need something like that. Yet we go to a therapist, we go to medication, when we have those feelings of stress and anxiety like Jesus was having. So the beginning part of Jesus' prayer feels normal and relatable to me. He's asking to remove this burden from his plate. He's looking for another way to achieve his goal. He's trying to negotiate an alternative with God. The second part of the prayer? That's what sets him apart from the rest of us. Yet not as I will, but as you will. How many of us can do that part? How many of us pray only for what we want and not for the strength to do what he wants us to do? Jesus knows what's about to happen to him, and his human instinct is to first ask to find some way around having to do it. But in the very next breath, admits that it's not up to him and what he wants, it's up to God, and it's God's will that Jesus must follow. And he knows that by following God's will and by trusting in God that he'll be rewarded by being seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Jesus is showing us very clearly that if we can remove our own egos from the equation and just simply trust in God, that he'll take care of us and reward us for it. I'm always talking about root issues politically on this show, and this is a root issue for us as humans. We fill our life with so many distractions and vices that it makes everything cloudy. We've all heard the phrase, keep it simple, stupid. If we could allow ourselves to keep it simple and put God in his will at the top of our life, then it would simplify everything else. Instead, we spend our time following our own will, forgetting that we, as humans, are flawed and sinful by our very nature. We forget how easy we are to be manipulated. We forget that we are envious, prideful gluttons unless we focus on restraining ourselves. We forget that we must work at avoiding the devil's temptations. We forget that we cannot do it alone. We think we have it mastered and that we can control it by ourselves, but we just can't. We need God's help whether we realize it or not. The men that were the closest to Jesus during his life all had their moments of weakness. These men worked and preached with Jesus. They witnessed miracles. They knew without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was the Messiah that they had been waiting for. But still, they would go on to betray him deny him, doubt him, and abandon him. If they could do that while having a strong relationship with God, what chance do we have? Even Jesus needed God's help in order to bear his cross. Jesus' cross to bear was different than the one you or I will bear. But make no mistake, we will all have our own cross at some point. Jesus spent his whole life preparing for his and still had a moment of doubt. How are you going to be ready for your moment if you live your life without preparing yourself? 
How are you going to be ready if you live your life without God? He is not flesh, but spirit. The light of eternal mind. And I know that his light is in every man. It's that time in the show where we get to move on to the rights and wrongs of the week. And before we jump into those, I do want to remind you guys to please give us a like, subscribe to the show, and uh, even drop a five-star review on there for us. That stuff really, really helps. We would love to get your feedback, so uh, leave a comment on there, too. Maybe we'll even read it on the air one of these days. So, moving right along, um, no surprise what the number one story of the week is. You guys have all heard about it by now. The world has heard about it by now. Donald Trump gets brought into court. He was arraigned in New York by prosecutor Alan Bragg this past week. And what a bogus story that is, huh, my friends? I cannot believe they're still going after him. Get your bananas out because it's officially turned into a banana republic here in America. That's it. We've made it. We're on the same level as Russia, China, Ukraine. Oh, I'm sorry. Russia, China, Ukraine. We're just like them. All these other corrupt, terrible countries out there. And we're following right along with them. The left has become more and more radical at an alarming pace. And this is an all-time low. They first refused to accept that Trump beat Hillary. They impeached the man twice. And now they're trying to put him in jail. This man is a former president and the front runner to challenge the current president in the next election. I'm telling you, man, this kind of stuff happens in in third world countries, in corrupt, nasty places. It doesn't happen here in America. This is how people like like um, Missile Boy. What did he call him? The guy in uh, in in North Korea, Trump's buddy there. That's how people like that stay in power. That's how Fidel Castro's of the world hold on to Cuba for as long as they did. That is bananas. And you guys should be horrified by this. Um, Honestly, I'm not being hyperbolic, but this could end up being one of those points that future historians look back on and they pinpoint it as the start of the fall of America as the leading country of the free world. All great civilizations come to an end at some point. And I know we like to like to make ourselves feel more important like this is you know whatever where we're in the middle of it but honestly how can this not be a wake-up call for all of us the left is actively trying to dismantle all of our traditions and institutions and from their point of view why not why wouldn't they they believe that our country and our systems are fundamentally racist and evil they'd like to get rid of all this stuff and then pack the courts with people that believe all the same radical nonsense that they believe so that it would hold up. And again, it's going to be like these these other countries run by dictators. They legally jail their opponents within their own country, but we all know it's legal in air quotes. Same way that, that the left is trying to legally, air quotes, put away Trump. That's exactly what they do in these other countries. And they try to act like it's done by the book the right way. But it's corrupt and everybody's bought and paid for. Or they're radical ideologues. I don't see how we're any different. I told you guys last week that neutrality is not an option. And this is yet another example of it. Even if you hate Trump with everything, you've got to 
be able to find the ability to suck it up and to vote with him and his party once or twice to fix this. We got to get rid of the stench and the poison that is this democratic progressive party that they that they have now. Only then will we be able to go back to like a regular normal America where we could have some differences of opinions. We could have some more traditional Republican Democrat arguments. But before we can go back to that, we have to unite around this evil, around this poison that's trying to ruin our entire country. And again, this type of talk, it doesn't make me feel good to say it. I feel weird. I almost feel guilty saying it because it's like, no, this can't be us. This can't be America. But it is. And, and we need to realize it because look at where we've gotten in these culture war battles. We never thought we'd be at the point where we would have to argue with a straight face that a man can't become pregnant. But we do. That's what these people believe. We never thought we would have to argue that communism is bad. But we do. These people are communist socialists. It's what it is. And we can't go back to running our country with just a small divide. When we have this wide of a divide, this big of a gap between what people think this country is and should be and what it actually is. And it's time to wake up. You think the White House is is appalled by this arrest of Trump? You think they're going to step up and do the right thing? Nobody on the left will. What do you think the White House had to say about this? Listen to uh, the very extremely black, extremely gay press secretary had to say when she went into a back and forth with a reporter this week in the in the press secretary's briefing. Juice, you got that clip for us? Go ahead, fire away. We're just going to be very mindful. These are ongoing cases. 100 cases involving Americans I, who, who, whose freedom hear, was at, I at hear risk. You. I hear you, right? but this so, is something that all of Americans watch in real time. In real time. And people... People died. People died. People died. But you're lecturing me. But 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 you're lecturing me. I'm I'm asking questions. You called January 6th historic. It was absolutely historic. And none of us had ever seen that before. Nobody's seen this before either. Thank you. Can you believe that? She's dodging the questions about it. She's refusing to answer because it's an ongoing investigation. Yet the reporter points out, You had no problem condemning people that were in ongoing investigations because of storming the Capitol on January 6th. And what's her excuse? She says those were unprecedented historic times. We all saw it in real time. Well, guess what, Karine Jean-Pierre? We all see this in real time, too. We see this for the nonsense that it is. The world is laughing at us watching this unfold. Your side is locking up your chief political opponent trying to either taint him or not allow him to run in an upcoming election against the current president of the United States. You don't think that's unprecedented and historic? You don't think people are seeing that in real time? She's saying people died on that day. No, they didn't. One person died. A protester by the name of Ashley Babbitt shot by a trigger happy cop. Everybody else you framed as deaths on that day, Brian Sicknett, the police officer who you said got his head bashed in with a fire extinguisher, died from heart problems days later. 
people died. It was historic. That image, we saw it. That's what you want people to believe. That's what you want them to see. But I'm telling you, we see what's going on right now. And we need more people to see it. Because again, remaining neutral about this stuff is no longer an option, people. Time to wake up, see what kind of a country we're in. Because it's scary. Next! You're either for me or against me. If that is the choice, then I am against you. All right, so going from that, uh, let's go to one that's a little bit more positive for us. This one would probably go into a right category because it's from our good friend, Mr. Matt Walsh, who's typically right about a lot of his stances. Um, In particular, his stance that... um, he can define what a woman is, and everybody against him can't. So Matt was uh, giving a speech in New Mexico the other day, and this video went viral. Uh, they always do the question and answer segments at the end, and he had a uh, man who is dressed like a woman, believes he's a woman, come up and uh, try and ask him a, a question, and we have the exchange there. This man that um was talking to Matt claims to be an EMT, so... Matt used that against him. Juice, you got that one? All right, let's pull that up. So how would you define female? Through my training in healthcare, there are several different categories for how we define sex. People bring up chromosomes. People also bring up hormone levels. People bring up all sorts of other categories. Lots of people don't fit neatly into a gender binary, even people we don't consider to be intersex. It's a complicated spectrum. It, it's not complicated, but you also didn't you also didn't define. So, what is what is a woman? What is a female? What are, what do these words mean? It's complicated, and I know you're not going to like that answer. But that's because there are no simple answers in human biology. Let me ask you a question. You guys, well, you hang question. on. I, just let me finish. You guys like to bring up high school level biology classes a lot. I get that a lot. But people who go on to more complicated biology classes will talk about sex as a spectrum it's not it's not well biological researchers would disagree with you well and they're full of the ones that would say that there's there are all right there are male gametes and female gametes oh i had one i had one last question i I just have one i have one quick can we can can you come back for one second because this is an important question you said you're an emt Okay, if you're responding, you're responding to a health emergency. Biological male, somebody with a penis, is uh, is having a medical emergency, and they say to you, um, "I think I'm having a miscarriage." Would you would you check them to see if they're having a miscarriage? Would you consider that a possibility for them? Look. <laughs> No, but that's because some people don't have body parts. Doesn't mean they're not a woman. Okay. Sounds like we've established there are some people who, in principle, can get pregnant, and there are some people who can't. So there's two categories, otherwise known as binary. Lots of women can't get pregnant either. Yeah, but they're still of the nature to get pregnant. The only but reason, they can't get pregnant. Yes, but truth they, matters, right? 
it, it does. That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Truth matters, and they can't okay. get pregnant. I, That's the truth. So how are they still women? Because they are... For, for, this, for the same reason, for the, for the same reason that, I, that I can rightly say that human beings have two legs. And if a person is born with only one leg, that doesn't call into question the statement that human beings have two legs, okay? A person being born with one leg doesn't mean that now legs are on a spectrum, and we can't say, we can't say anything at all about how many legs a person has. Who knows? They could, have, they could be a centipede. You know, they could, have a, they could have a hundred legs. No, we know human beings have two legs. If a human is born without two legs, something went wrong. They were supposed to have that second leg. Something went wrong. If you, if you, if you meet a person on the street who only has one leg... Maybe, maybe they had an accident. Maybe they were in war. Maybe, maybe, some, you know, maybe they were in a car accident. Maybe they had cancer. A leg was cut off. But you know that something went wrong because of the, by their nature, they're supposed to have two legs. Same thing for a woman. A woman, by her nature, can get pregnant. A man, by his nature, never can. So if you meet a woman of childbearing age, say she's 28 years old, and she can't get pregnant, you know automatically that something has gone wrong. And she can go to the doctor and find out what that thing is, even if they can't fix it. So... That proves that women by their nature can get pregnant because the simple fact that she can't shows you that there is something wrong. This is what is known as the exception that proves the rule. Whereas if a male with a penis can't get pregnant, no doctor on earth is going to run tests to see what's wrong with him (laughs) because they already know it's that he's a male and there's only male and female, those who can get pregnant and those who can't. Absolutely. Sorry that was a little bit of a long clip, but we need to let it breathe a little bit. I I just... I think he hits the nail on the head. Obviously, he's great at doing this. That's what he does. But it's easy to laugh at that person. The the they're delusional, and it's like not funny though. Like it is, but it isn't because that person genuinely believes what they were saying there, and they have this look. If you could see that video, that guy has this look on his face, like doesn't know what to say because no one's ever told him that that specifically and that much like truth said to him right there in the moment everybody's indulged his delusion and his fantasy and his 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 mind is warped by the the world that we live in now by this radical ideological takeover that the left has been embarking on for years now and they talk about victimhood all the time they want to make a victim out of everybody people like that that man who thinks he's a woman just because he says he is and because People surrounding him tell him he is. That's a victim. That's what a victim looks like. And I said it like, I want to laugh at the person I do because I think it's warranted. Anybody that dumb and idiotic should be laughed at, but they're sick and mentally ill as well. So I feel guilty about it. And it's just, it's gotten too far. And again, I keep hammering it. I know it was last week's theme, but neutrality is not an option anymore. There's no way to split the atom there. There's no way to, to split the baby. I guess that's the term um, with that type of a conversation. It, it just either is or isn't. And we need to be able to be blunt enough to say that. Doesn't mean we have to be mean about it, but you have to be blunt and real about it. And it's just where we're at. Next. Americans know something without a name is undermining the country, turning the mind mushy when it comes to separating truth from falsehood and right from wrong. And they don't like it. 
All right, so this one here is in the uh, great state of Tennessee, right there where the Daily Wire has their headquarters. Um, and obviously, they had the vicious attack last week of the Christian um, Elementary School by the trans shooter. Well, they um, recently passed some legislation um, in their Republican-controlled state there to have transgender surgeries um, banned from being performed. You know, the gender-denying sterilization of children has been blocked in that state. So what happened because of that? Well, just last week, a couple of days after, oh, not a couple of days, I guess it was the next week, but in the backlash of that terrible school shooting, a crazy left-wing mob of insurrectionists stormed the Tennessee state capitol and tried to disrupt business from being conducted because of these bills that have been passed. Well, the mob was led by three Democrats, Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson. They led this mob of wannabe protesters, extreme protesters, into the Capitol to disrupt the place and to try to do a violent takeover. See, you notice a pattern here, how things are protests um, based on who's protesting them and what it is they're actually protesting. And some are violent, extreme insurrectionists, sorry, based on what they're doing, why they're there. How is this any different just because it's in a state capital instead of the federal capital? It's in Tennessee instead of Washington, D.C.? Of course, that's, that's their whole game. Well. The three Democrats that were leading the mob, they actually faced a vote just the other day to be expelled, to be removed from their positions. Two out of the three got booted out, Justin Jones and Justin Pearson. Gloria Johnson hung on by one vote, and she's already claiming that it's because of the color of her her skin. She's white, the two that got booted are black. I think she should have been booted as well, but... The justification of it was that the other two had blowhorns and they walked onto the floor while business was being conducted and started shouting through their blowhorns right in the face, disrupting business from being conducted, completely breaking any norms and traditions of, you know, speaking during these formal meetings, um, you know objecting the correct way, um, conducting business civilly amongst groups that may disagree with the way things should be done. These nut jobs brought a blowhorn and a crowd of angry protesters with them to try to demand mob justice, and they got their asses booted out for it. And of course, they're going to be turned into martyrs over it. Like I said, they're already starting the race game over it. If you ask me, like I said, all three should have been booted out because they riled up a crowd of people and brought them into the state capitol to threaten, harass, spit at, yell, scream, swear at, and intimidate people. That's what they were there to do. And they were led by people who were supposed to be held to a higher standard. We're hauling in a former president because he banged a porn star and tried to pay her so his wife wouldn't find out about it. Shameful, absolutely, but not much different than things that a lot of people do in this country. How many adulterers are out there? If you start locking people up for that, 
we wouldn't have anybody left to run for office. These people are leading a mob of people doing exactly what they accuse this former president of doing. The former president who somehow led a mob from miles away down the street, as he said, peacefully protest. He got impeached over that. These knuckleheads lead the mob with a blowhorn. Might as well have had pitchforks with them going into the, into the Capitol building. And they're sad that they got booted out. Good job by the Republicans in charge there in Tennessee. That's what you need to do. These people need to find out that there are consequences for their rhetoric and for their actions, just like they try to do to the Republicans. So stuff's finally going the other way, at least in one state. We need many more to join them. And that'll do it for the rights and wrongs of the week. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us so far. Stay tuned because we do have a come on, man, segment of the day coming your way next. Next. All right, my friends, it's that time of the show where we get to come enjoy ourselves, uh, maybe crack a nice cold beer. Definitely not a Bud Light today <laughs> because it is our come on, man, segment of the day. In this segment, we typically like to find somebody out there who's said or done something so ridiculous, so absurd, so cringeworthy, that there's really nothing else we could say to them except, come on, man. So let's get right to it. Um, America's favorite transvestite, Mr. Dylan Mulvaney, gets a couple of new sponsorships. Love ya! Well, one, we don't even have a clip for because it's just him dancing around. You can't see anything. Um, he doesn't really say much in that one, but... He's literally dancing in a backyard, modeling the new sports bra that he's sponsoring from Nike. Yes, the man who's flat-chested and is a man who thinks he's a woman is now a model for a sports bra. Guys, I know I'm a little, uh, you know, not in the greatest shape out there. Wouldn't necessarily go so far as to call myself fat, but, you know, I could be like an A-cop. I have bigger boobs than this jackass. And he's walking around in a sports bra, dancing in his backyard, trying to sell sports bras to women. Yes, that is 2023 for you. And then he also appeared in an ad on his Instagram page where he's now the new pitch man, woman, thing, person, whatever, for Bud Light, the king of bears. Remember the Clydesdale horses, the uh, frogs by the lake? Now they have Dylan. Let's go to the clip. Juice, you got this? Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month. But it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport... But either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money, too. Love ya! Cheers! Go team! Whatever team you love, I love, too. Okay. Love ya. Okay. Break a leg. 
Oh, Dylan, 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 Dylan. I grab clips from Dylan so much that I find myself now using some of his stupid catchphrases around the house to try to make Ashley either cringe or laugh. Using them with juice, too. So is it working? I don't know. Love ya. Love ya. I gotta know how it makes you feel. Oh, Dylan. Love ya. This stuff is absurd. What person that drinks Bud Light wants a transvestite's face on the can as they drink it? I could see everybody down the airy pub right now trying to drink Bud Lights. A, a gentleman's bar, gentleman's pub in the middle of Dorchester. I'm sitting there with this guy as their pitch man. It's just a joke. And anytime we talk about this, Ashley makes a great point to me. But how are women not pissed off more about this stuff too? It's completely insulting. I mean, he makes a mockery of what he thinks a woman is. No, oh, I guess this is March Madness. Go team. Whatever team it is. Like, gir- girls on and don't know anything about sports. That's like his stereotypical, you know, view of a girl. Ugh. Go team. Break a leg. Well, in case you were wondering, I've got a list here of all the different brands of beer that Budweiser Anheuser-Busch makes. And a couple of them pain me. I'm going to have to skip the old land sharks this summer. Those are off the list. And I'm a big fan of Stella. That's gone. Bud and Bud Light, obviously. Bush. Michelob Ultra. Shock Top. Natty Ice. So all you 15-year-olds who are trying to steal a bear from somebody or have somebody buy for you, your Natty Ices are off the hook now. No more of those. I mean, I've been a Miller guy for a long time anyways. Thankfully. Hopefully they don't get wrapped up in this nonsense too, but got to go back to what I always say. What are we doing here? And the sad thing is like plenty of people are going to say like, oh, how's this appeal? I, I just kind of said it. How's this appeal to their base audience? And it doesn't. And they know that it doesn't. They're just banking on the fact that you're not going to stop buying their stuff over it or that you might not buy it for a week. And then you'll just out of habit, go in and grab a Budweiser go in and grab a 30 of Bud Lights. They're banking on summer rolling around and you've forgotten all about this by then. But they were able to virtue signal to their woke allies in the corporate America. They were able to, uh, you know, put the feather in their cap that they're part of the team. They support the right causes. They know that if they don't do stuff like this, the mob will come for them, the left mob at some point. So they're out to get ahead of it. And they'll deal with the you know, the, the the quick backlash here from the right. But they're banking on you not having the follow through, not having the will to keep it going. And that's what it all comes down to. And we can't just sit around waiting for the Daily Wire and Jeremy Boring to come up with alternatives for us all the time. We're not going to have Jeremy's beer now. I mean, who knows? Maybe they will. But we can't just keep waiting for that to happen. We have to at some point say enough is enough. Again, it's been a two-week theme. Neutrality is not an option. We can't keep sitting around during this stuff. Just stop. We don't need... Who needs Bud Light? It's watered-down, piss-tasting beer anyways. So, who needs it? You can find somebody else. Find a different brand. And let them know about it. Tag them on, on Instagram and Twitter. Tag their accounts. 
every time you have a beer from a different company. Tag them and say, used to drink Bud Light, but now that you sponsored Dylan and you partnered with a man who thinks he's a woman, I'm out. That's it. Simple as that. So Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney, you two have both earned yourselves one big, fat, classic. Come on, man. And that's our show for today. Thank you folks so much for joining us today. I'd like to wish a happy Easter to everybody out there. Um, I highly recommend going to the Easter Vigil. If you guys hear this um, in time to to make it to yours, check it out. It's a great, great service. going to be hitting that with uh, my good pal, Producer Juice, um, tonight. So can't wait. Hope you guys all enjoy some great time with your families. And until next week, thanks for having me. Wrong Show is produced by Juice. Executive producer, Juice. Audio mixer is Juice. Hair by Skull Shavers. Wardrobe and makeup by Ashley Ruka. Right and Wrong Song created by Juice. The Right and Wrong Show is copyright 2022 from Brian Ruka.